Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Tony Uphoff. Well, women make up 50% of the U.S. population. They comprise only about 30% of the manufacturing workforce. On today's podcast, we talked to two women, each in very different roles, but both focused on encouraging other women to pursue opportunities in manufacturing and supporting them through their industrial careers. Our first guest, Allison Grayless, is the president of Women in Manufacturing, a national association dedicated to supporting women in their manufacturing careers through networking, education, and nationwide events. She's also the vice president of association services at the Precision Metal Forming Association. With almost 20 years of experience in industry associations, Allison shares with us her insight into the progress we've made as an industry at Better, including women in manufacturing from the shop floor to the corner office, and offers her advice to companies looking to further improve their recruiting and engagement efforts. Our second guest is Aaliyah Titus, who is the LPG Operations Manager at ABB Traction USA. She was also our Thomas Next Gen for Industry winner back in January of 2019. As the only woman in her graduating class of over 200 men studying integrated supply chain, Aaliyah has accomplished a great deal since graduation. In her seven years at ABB, she's held six positions and is continuing to move up the ladder at a rapid pace. Aaliyah shares with us her perspectives on being a young female professional in the industry and offers her advice to other women considering a future in manufacturing. Allison, thanks so much for joining us. So if you think about perhaps a, a woman is younger in her career or is looking to make a career change, what advice might you give them about a career in the industrial market? So I, I think I hearken back to when we first started our conference and many of the comments that were made about, you know, why WIM and why this organization. And I think if I was to give advice to a young woman who's looking to embark on a manufacturing career, my guidance would be to reassure that person that they're not alone and that there's a large population, I think estimated presently about 1.5 million women working in manufacturing beside that new person um, who've been there and have done this and are standing by to support that new individual in their manufacturing career. When we started our conference, I was moved by the testimonials that we received from participants on, again, I used to feel alone or I felt like there wasn't a community of other fellow women in manufacturing and how inspiring and supportive to know that there is this community. So I would share to a young woman to find and reach out to organizations like ours that can be great resources, especially for your early career women as they're starting and embarking on their career and a great resource to find peers and mentors, which are critical to help them as they advance in their careers and to gain professional skills, and also to, to let them know that regionally and within their own company, again, there's lots of different networks that people can plug into and that people, I would encourage that new start to plug into some of those opportunities. Yeah, really great advice. And, and if you look back kind of of the period of time you've been involved, can you see some changes in the industry in its inclusion of women in management positions? I, I, I will tell you from my vantage point, I believe we have a long, long ways to go, but have you seen some progress? I think we've seen modest progress. So I don't think that things have changed 
drastically in our 10 years of existence of producing conferences and being a resource for women in manufacturing, but I will say I've seen modest improvement. I think you see companies being more mindful of the fact that culture is really important and how they recruit might need to be different given today's um, skill shortage and given the number of talented women that are looking for career opportunities. So I think companies are more mindful that culture is important, recruitment is important, that they have to look at development plans and you know different benefits perhaps given a whole new generation of a workforce. It's not just women. I think millennials and really I think all individuals in the workforce presently might be looking for different benefits and different types of places to work. And so I think companies are changing, but it's just slow. And I think manufacturing, given its kind of long history, I think it's just a little bit slower in this progression to maybe a more modern workplace sometimes. I couldn't agree with you more. I think your your feedback is spot on. And I also think you're touching on the fact that we are now operating in a multi-generational workforce. So the millennial generation is of equal weight in, uh, in the workforce. And that generation is now as large as the baby boom generation, which we've never had two generations of that size in the workforce at the same time. So a lot of perspectives there, but I think your advice is, is really, really great. Tell us a little bit about the future you see for industry as it pertains to the increasing leadership roles of women across industrial businesses. We kind of maybe taken stock of where we are today. Do you see that changing over the next year, two or five years? And are there some, certainly WIM is one of the accelerators. Are there other things that we haven't touched on, Allison, that could either be barriers or other things that really might encourage and increase the number of women actively participating in the industry? Well, one of the pieces of advice that I, I give to companies as we work with our corporate partnership group that we have, one of the things that we recognize and share is that it's really critical for companies to evaluate how are they showcasing and selling their story of their company. So looking maybe at a different story that has to be told present day when you're recruiting, you know, talking about the goodwill, the things that they're making, the type of population that they represent. And then I think as well, once a person gets to their place of work and, and their facility, how are they supported? And so I think companies, they're getting to be more aggressive on better storytelling, on better showcasing their female success stories and their diverse, talented success stories within their population. I think that's one changing piece, and I think that's going to have huge ramifications going forward in the types of people that are recruited to companies. I think as well, you know, manufacturing, sadly, you know, still we battle some kind of antiquated stereotypes about what this industry is all about. And so I think companies are getting more creative in how they share the story of what they're manufacturing, making, and how they're impacting the economy, the world, and consumers, and just people. Those things are, are changing, and that should improve the number of people that are attracted to manufacturing careers. I think things like Manufacturing Day, which is celebrated, of course, the first Friday in October, helps with general awareness on that day. But I think our member companies are trying to make Manufacturing Day every day so that they're more open to public plant tours and influencing career counselors. And equally important, obviously, parents who are influencing where their children end up professionally. So I think all of those things should help lend to a brighter future for manufacturing careers. And I think, again, innovation is key and critical to all of it, to innovating the way that we tell our story, that we recruit, that we advance individuals. I mean, 10 years ago, actually, I started with our manufacturing association with PMA 18 and a half years ago. You didn't see directors of talent. You didn't see people leaders. You didn't see those types of things. And I think companies realize that that people part is really your, your hugest asset. And I think companies are investing very differently in how they manage the people component of their business and how they develop them and retain them. 
It's great feedback. And I would just go back on something you touched on. I think this is an industry, and I'll call it, you know, U.S. manufacturing or manufacturing in general, that has done a very poor job of telling its narrative and, right. and showcasing it as an industry that's vital and high tech. It not only holds back women viewing this as a career choice, I think it holds a lot of people back. And as you know, it is an unbelievable job creation engine. We created 284,000 jobs alone in manufacturing just in this country. So I, I think in many cases, and I'll get off my soapbox here, but I think in many cases, we as an industry just do such a poor job of telling our story that I think that's an area of opportunity. I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think getting again to a large audience about what current manufacturing careers look like. So when I speak and when our members speak and when you know manufacturing companies are outbound, we encourage them, if you have a public platform, for example, to speak at an industry conference, you know, showcase photos of your facilities and the innovation, the technology that you're using. And then likewise, how do we get that down to lower grades? How do you get that to K through 12 potential people to be inspired to look into manufacturing careers? Organizationally, I think companies are getting it. They're making great connections with local K through 12 institutions, with local community colleges, but there's still more that we can do as almost a, a national mandate date to get manufacturing better exposed to those in kind of early education to someday ignite them to at least pursue or look at a career in manufacturing as an option. Ellison, we got two more questions for you. And these are questions that we ask of all of our guests. So the first one is, what's the one thing you wish more people knew about manufacturing now that you understand it and know it so well? So I think similarly, as you spoke about regarding some of those things that people unfortunately don't know about manufacturing careers, I wish people knew how rewarding they were, how exciting, and I think most importantly, how lucrative. So you look at people who maybe a key driver for them is to have a certain pay level or to be able to achieve certain material items. And I'm always shocked when you look comparatively at the average salary manufacturing to a non-manufacturing salary there's a huge difference and divide. And manufacturing careers can create wonderful pipelines for profit for individuals. So I wish more people knew the, the type of, of money that they could be making and the types of benefits and the types of support that these manufacturing companies give to increase the educational opportunities for their employees. You know, manufacturing companies are great places to work. And I just wish more people understood that and also understood how they're drastically changing. The manufacturing companies of my father's era when he was at Fire stone or my grandfather's or those eras of individuals, those aren't the same companies that people are employed in today. And I wish that people better understood what manufacturing companies in 2019 and beyond will look like. Couldn't agree with you more. We, we should put that on a, uh, on a poster. Speaking of posters, I don't know if you have a personal philosophy, but if you did have one that maybe something you live by and you could put it into one sentence and we would post it on a billboard, what would it be? <laughs> I think that since childhood, my mantra has always been to aim to leave your mark and make a difference. And so I feel like everything I've done professionally and personally has always been very centered around that goal to make a difference and change the world and how things work for those that come after me. So I've always been involved in organizations and affiliations that were very cause-oriented. So I, to me, it's been very full circle and so very rewarding to get to work for an organization that is changing lives, that we're, we're changing women's lives. And on the metal forming front, we're changing small to mid-sized business owners' lives by providing them the tools and resources they need. So my goal is to leave that mark and make a difference in my current profession. And hopefully those that carry the torch after me will do the same. 
When we spoke with you after you were named as a Thomas Next Gen for Industry earlier this year, you discussed your passion, the empowering and encouraging other women to get involved mm-hmm. in supply chain. Tell us a little bit more about that. How do you share your experiences to inspire other women to explore opportunities in the industrial workforce? I feel like women are are really great at being pragmatic thinkers and kind of not getting too lost in the weeds. And I really like to stay busy and engaged. And I think it's very rewarding to find better and more clever ways to solve issues and to get the job done. And in my mind, the absolute worst situation would be a job where you would just go to work and kick your feet up. And my experience in the industrial workforce is that every day brings its own unique challenges. There is never a dull day. And um, on top of that is that if you work for a company as big as ABB, you get to know people from all around the world. And I've been lucky enough to travel to countries such as China, Finland, Switzerland, Mexico, Italy, really getting to know people on a a cross-cultural level. And and I have a young 15-year-old cousin, and I've really been trying to share with her like how fun and how rewarding it is and you can have a really exciting career and still get to go home at the end of the day and and have your own kind of separate life as well where you get to also focus on yourself. So that's kind of what I think is some of the more encouraging parts of it is if you really like to feel like you're making a difference, especially when you're adding to the bottom line during negotiations or setting up a production line and figuring out better ways to make something or preventing quality issues. It really gives you an opportunity to stay continuously engaged. And when you do that for your business and they see that you're meeting those goals and often exceeding those key performance indicators that they set for you year over year, they will reward you handsomely with more responsibilities. So that's really what has brought me a ton of empowerment is just the fact that I'm able to focus on what needs to be done and then work on some discretionary effort. You can add a little bit of extra discretionary effort and that's really the home run. And I I think that's how I've been able to take on these six different roles in seven years is just staying motivated. And I think a lot of women would enjoy that. Yeah, really well said. Aaliyah, if you think about perhaps a a woman is younger in her career or is looking to make a career change, what advice might you give them about a career in the industrial market? I kind of have a a two-part answer to this. So one of the things that I learned early on is never assume that someone is smarter than you or never assume that someone can bring better or brighter ideas to the table as you. Because as we touched on this, is that diversity of thought. So I often would would meet people. I'm like, wow, they're so smart. I'm not that smart. You know, you start to question yourself. But then the more you look at it, you're like, well, they're kind of seeing something one way and I'm seeing it as another. So one of the biggest things I see is always assume you're on equal footing with everyone you're working with. And of course, that comes with the respect piece of it. But don't cut yourself down before you totally understand the, the full situation. So I learned really early on is we've all got great ideas as a team and, and it's never heard to speak up and share your thoughts. The next part would be for especially the people who are, let's just say, early career, let's say in their first year in their career, is leave your work at work. And work as hard as you can to plan your time at the beginning of your day, set and achieve those goals and priorities, but always make sure that you take time for yourself because no one else is going to do that. 
at the end of the day. The business is there to you're there to meet the targets for the business, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately your responsibility to make time and care for yourself. And when I say that, I mean put your family and your health first always. I remember I was probably like a year and a half into it and I had some some things going on at work and I missed a funeral for a very close family member of mine. And looking back, I'll never remember why I thought it was a good idea, like what that meeting was about or what the priority was, but I'll always remember missing that funeral. I can recall, I thought it was important, but it wasn't, it wasn't that important. Nothing is more important than your family and your health. And it's all about how you plan your time and you can be successful and not have to work 14 plus hours a day. That's Great advice, Celia. I, I would make a point. I think that's a fantastic sage wisdom for people at any stage of a career. But from one to another, I wish I had learned that when I was at the earliest stage of my career as well. So I, I can relate. Really good point. Hey, go, go all the way back to that younger professional self, knowing what you know now. What advice would you give that uh, young Aaliyah at that stage? You've really got to make it a priority to congratulate yourself and celebrate your successes. So there are days that it literally feels like you're running on a hamster wheel, but truly day over day, the needle does move. And it's about kind of giving yourself a pat on the back. Don't be so hard on yourself. And I find that if you look at a male counterpart versus a female counterpart, sometimes I feel like I take things so seriously, whereas my male counterparts might be a little bit more laid back. It's kind of like that is really giving yourself a chance to say, okay, I accomplished this, this, and this today, and I need to be proud of myself and congratulate myself and then set up more goals for the next day. A lot of it is sitting back and reflecting on the things that you have accomplished in that day, even if it doesn't feel like you've done a whole lot, because day over day and in the industrial sector, you have no idea what could be thrown your way. You could have higher quality issues. So things get you off track very easily. So it's very important that you say, hey, I might not have gotten to this, but I did take care of this, this, and that. Spectacular advice, Ilya. And I, again, I would uh, emphasize something I've said several times here. That's advice for anybody at any stage of a career, but I, I think you're spot on. That's something particularly at a formative stage of career. If you want to be there, right, you want to participate mm -hmm. over an extended period of time, getting that sense of perspective and understanding how to celebrate the small wins and put mm -hmm. them all into perspective. Really great advice. Hey, we got two other questions for you. And the first one is, what's one thing you wish more people understood about manufacturing? I think there's like a major misconception about manufacturing where people in their mind just like that we're punching out widgets day over day and then you're just hitting the same keys day over day. And I can't emphasize enough how dynamic a career in manufacturing is. You can never forecast what your days are going to be like. You never really truly know what's going to come your way. So to me, I wish that people knew that manufacturing is not some humdrum, boring, repetitive function to be working in. I couldn't agree with you more. So our last question for you, if you could put one sentence on a billboard that best expresses your personal philosophy, what would it say? Okay, so this one I'm going to rip off Confucius, So, <laughs> and I'm going to make my own <laughs> little tailored spin on it. The man or the woman that chases two rabbits catches none. So in order to achieve your goals, you've got to be focused and you've got to be tenacious. And that's basically my philosophy. 
The Thomas Industry Update podcast is hosted by Tony Uphoff and produced by Michaela Tierney. If you'd like to share your feedback about this or any other episode, please email us at podcast at thomasnet.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or recommend us to a colleague. Your feedback helps us continue to advocate for industry across the airwaves. The Thomas Industry Update podcast is recorded at Five Penn Plaza in the heart of New York City, where Thomas has been headquartered for 121 years. Want to get more insights on supply chain, IoT, industrial business, and more? Sign up for our Thomas Industry Update daily newsletter. With more than 300,000 subscribers, your inbox will be in good company. Subscribe now for free at thomasnet.com updates.